Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please make sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. Leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Today, we're sitting down with Alana Springsteen. Now, although she's only 20 years old, she is actually a veteran of Nashville. She moved to Music City at the age of 14 with her family to pursue a career as a country music writer and artist. We had the chance to talk about the entire journey that has led to the recent release of her sophomore EP, History of Breaking Up Part One. So please enjoy our conversation with Alana Springsteen. Welcome to Country Music Made Me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'm excited because just before this, when I was doing my research, I was watching the Q&A you did on YouTube. And the last question someone asked was how you became the artist you are today. And you mentioned that was a very big question and you wanted to do a separate video on that. Now, Country Music Made Me is focused exactly on that and discovering how someone became the artist they are. So I'm super excited to be able to dive into that and learn about that. Yay, I can't wait, I love that. Awesome, so I want to first go back to a time, riding in the car, the windows down, your dad playing the music, and what those memories bring back for you. And is there an age where that sort of kicks in for you? Or are those memories that you have just had throughout your life from as young as you can remember? More so that, more so as, as long as I can remember. Music has always played a really important part in my family and just in my house. Like both my parents sing, they would never really like want to do it as a career that was never a thought for them but we just all sang as a family both my granddads are pastors i grew up singing in church and learned harmonies there and just that kind of started my love for music um when i was seven years old i picked up the guitar for the first time and it's kind of a funny story like nobody else really plays except for my uncle he's the only one that plays but my granddad was like cleaning out the garage one day brought in this old classical guitar. I have no idea where he got it, but <laughs> all I know is I was instantly like in love with it. I can't even explain it. Like the second I saw it, I just felt so drawn to it. And so I was like, can I please have it? Can I please have it? Um, and he was like, if you promise me you'll learn to play it, I'll let you have it. So I did. And from that moment, it was nonstop. All I wanted to do was play. I would beg my uncle to come over on weekends and teach me any chords. <laughs> and like, I just ate it up like that. And uh, I was also always the kid who loved storytelling and words. And you would probably find me sitting around the table with like the adults instead of hanging out with the kids sometimes because I just <laughs> loved talking. I was just that kid. And uh, I wrote my first song when I was nine years old. So once I put like the storytelling and the music together, it was this whole new world that opened up for me. And I knew I was going to do it for the rest of my life. But yeah, I, I grew up to like had a lot of strong country music influences like the Shania Twains and Faith Hill and Carrie Underwood and Keith Urban and just grew up on that storytelling. Like I was saying, I don't think there's another genre that tells stories the way country music does. And that's always what's connected the most with me. So I had memories of all those artists in the car. And then my dad would play like Van Halen and 
just like Michael Jackson, like all the greats. So I, I was, I grew up in a very musical oriented like house. So. And as far as the performing goes, you mentioned performing in church. Now, how did that kind of shape the performance side of things? Did that catch on at an early age as well? Or was it more the music at a young age and then the performance side sort of came in the years to come? Yeah, so performances, it was a small church, so it started pretty young, but I, my dad tells the story, I was probably like five years old and I'd get up and sing songs with him in church. And one day I was just like, dad, you go sit down. Like, I wanna do it by myself today. <laughs> I think we saw into it there, but I would say the performance side didn't really kick in for me until I was around eight and nine. Like I started wanting to get out and perform in front of anybody that I could. And so at the time that was like anthems in my hometown. So I sang at like my local baseball team at the tides. Um, that was a few thousand people. And I just remember the rush of energy from that crowd. And then, um, that got taken to another level when I sang, um, for the Cubs at Wrigley field when I was nine years old. And I would say that day like changed everything for me because there's nothing like it. Like just feeling the energy from a crowd, having that moment of connection with so many people. And I caught the bug and I couldn't stop and I wanted to get out anywhere I could and just sing songs for people. <laughs> and now talk about that first performance at the minor league game that you talked about in your hometown. I know there's a story behind that first performance, right? So I was eight years old and it was my first time singing the anthem. And it's kind of a funny venue because you get out there and you have to wear earplugs because there's like a second delay between when you sing and when you hear it back in the monitors. Very, very trippy. <laughs> somehow I was able to do it, but I was so, so nervous. I got out on the field and I had my pitch pipe, where, which is how I knew what note to start on. And I got out there the second I like saw the crowd and heard the crowd and felt the energy, I dropped my pitch pipe. And for whatever reason, I didn't want to pick it up. I was like, just frozen. <laughs> and uh, I actually started like five keys way too high. And uh, if you watch the video back, you can kind of see my face the moment that I realized what I had done. <laughs> I had a mini freak out in my mind. I was like, please, God, help me hit this note. And it all went off without a hitch. It was perfect. But uh, I definitely had a scare there for a second. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to mess up my first <laughs> But uh, yeah, from that moment, it was, it's, there's nothing else like it. That was it. And with your songwriting, do you still have the first song that you wrote, like anywhere at your parents' house or anything on a little piece of paper? Or do you remember what it was about? Yeah, to be honest, I actually do. I, I don't feel like I could forget it. Like that moment was so pivotal for me, but uh, it was a song called Fairy Tale. And it was honestly about my parents' like love story. I remember I was talking to my mom and she was just telling me how they met and like how he was always around, like throwing rocks in the window and giving flowers and all these things. And I was like, mom, that sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> and so I wrote a song about it. It was literally my parents' love story. And uh, like, that was my first song. And from then, I, I think my second song I wrote was actually called Nashville in November because it was right before I was taking my first trip to Nashville and I was so excited. So I have a lot of the first like early songs and it's cool to look back and uh, just kind of see where it all started. <laughs> and with a lot of musicians who have loved music from a young age, there was always bedroom or living room concerts when they were young. Did you do that? Were you someone who jumped up in front of the family and performed from a young age? 
hundred percent. It's funny that you bring that up because one of our like family traditions when we were young was uh, we would do like American Idol. Like it'd be like me and my brothers and we'd all get up on like our fireplace <laughs> and we'd pretend we were like my parents were judges. Like somebody would be Randy, somebody would be Simon Cowell and Paula. <laughs> and uh, we'd like sing a song and they would all judge us and it was such a fun time. But yeah, it's funny they mentioned that. We had lots of moments like that growing up. And did you win a lot of those competitions or oh. can your brother sing as well? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We were all winners in our family. You can't choose, but uh, we all got our ticket to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and even back then when you're performing for them, were you always drawn to the country music and singing the country music songs? I was, man. And it takes me back to like lots of like early Carrie Underwood songs, early Taylor Swift songs, even Martina McBride, like Independence Day and Broken Wing and just some of those throwbacks. Like I loved them so much. It was just the storytelling and there's so many amazing female vocalists. Shania Twain too was another one. I was just so inspired by how much power and just, you know, seeing women out there crushing it. I was like, you know what? I can do this too. So, and honestly, that's something I still carry with me is just, if I can be the reason that somebody else out there believes that they can do it and chases whatever dream is inside them, like it's all worth it to me. So. And you mentioned at nine singing at Wrigley field, like that is a huge deal. And at nine, when you're doing that and you've been doing it for so many years, what was the feeling within you at that point? insanity it was one of those out-of-body experiences truly um and it's kind of a funny thing like dragonflies have always been like a sign to me like every time I see a dragonfly it's like a really big moment or like I know I'm doing the right thing and on the field that day there were thousands of dragonflies flying around it was the craziest thing but uh definitely like an experience I will never forget like absolute silence in the crowd it was one of those moments where we all were just in the singular moment together and it's it's a beautiful thing that happens um when you get a crowd that big that's so like in tune and just connected it's it's craziest thing so never gonna forget it and um it's super special and it's funny because my dad too is from illinois so it was a big moment for him too he grew up watching it so he was like probably couldn't believe it happening <laughs> and I was gonna ask was it him was he the reason that you were singing there I, I thought I read somewhere where he kind of was the person who was reaching out and trying yeah. to get opportunities for you my parents have from day one been the most supportive and nobody in my family does music so we didn't they didn't know what they were doing but they were like we want to help however we can so at the beginning that looked like we we took like a audition tape of me singing the anthem and sent it out to all these different sporting events like the redskins and hockey teams and just all these different all these different sporting events and uh the cubs was like one of the only ones that got back to us which is funny because we found out later they were like we don't take like auditions from people we don't have people come sing the anthem but we saw this one and it just felt special so <laughs> it's so cool that's awesome and from there was that sort of the reason i know neil spielberg was one of the early people who kind of reached out to you was it because of that performance that you made that connection yeah, um, that's kind of the day that led us to Nashville, making connections from that game. And then we took our first trip to Nashville when I was 10 years old. And from the second I got here, just like seeing that there's a whole city and 
just place dedicated to making the artists what they are. And you don't see all of those things behind the scenes. You just kind of see the artists and maybe the writers, but you don't really know about the entire village that it takes to make these careers happen. And I just, for the first time in my life, felt like I was with my people. Like I was exactly where I belonged and started co-writing and started taking trips back and forth to Nashville and learning about the industry and figuring out kind of where my place was in all of it. And then moved here when I was 14. So just a few years later, I got offered my first publishing deal and we moved out here. So what were those first experiences like co-writing? Because you're a 10, 11 year old coming into these rooms with, I imagine, adults who are professionals at this. So what were those first few sessions like in just learning the process and learning how to co-write? Yeah, I'll never forget my first co-write. It was Cherie Austin and Will Rambo who had written like a uh, wild one. Um, and it's just absolutely insane. But I do remember like, I wasn't, I wasn't even that nervous. I can't even explain it to you. Like I walked in, I had my like ideas and songs that I had started that I felt like would be cool to finish with them. And like I said, it just felt like it was, I was with my people. Like they understood they understood my mind. We were kind of just all connecting and creating this song together. And I was hooked. Like there's nothing like co-writing and being able to bring a song into existence with other people that you just met that day. Like still blows my mind. It's the craziest process, but um, yeah, it's, it was just, I, I didn't ever feel like I didn't ever feel like I was, my opinions were less important than theirs because I wasn't doing it as long. I just, they always treated me like an equal and always constantly learning. There's so much to learn from these people that have done it for so long. Just the way you craft a song and the way you say things. And I've been so fortunate to have so many mentors on the writing side, like all throughout my time in Nashville so far and it's taught me so much and I don't think you ever stop learning <laughs> like learning something every single right <laughs> and at 14 you move to Nashville and your parents and your brothers move with you now what did your parents do and what kind of people are they to just say okay let's pick up our stuff and move how many hundreds thousands of miles away to help support your dream yeah, my parents have always been dreamers and they have supported like my vision from day one. I think they saw that I gravitated so strongly toward music and it was just something that we all felt like I was meant to do. Um, and even from like the first trip to Nashville, like starting to see other people see it too. Um, people that I meet and they'd be like, no, this is, this is special. Like this is really something. And so they've always fed into it and, and just encourage those passions in me like completely from day one. And I'm so, so grateful. Um, but yeah, they, they're in real estate actually. So it kind okay. of made it really flexible for them because it's a great market here too. So we were literally able to just pick up, get in a moving van in the middle of an ice storm, mind you. It's just really? like very, it doesn't, it doesn't get crazy weather too much in Nashville, but for some reason, the year we moved, it was full on blizzard. It was insane, but we all packed up the big U-Haul and drove out here and uh, never looked back, but I'm always going to be just so grateful that I had parents like them where instead of being like, no, nah, it's not a real job. You can't do music, like whatever, go to college. <laughs> like I had parents that saw it and that knew that I would never be happy if I wasn't pursuing what I felt like I was 
put on this earth to do so right and nashville of course has a way of basically chewing you up and spitting you out if you're not prepared for what is to come and now as a 14 15 16 year old in their first few years what was it like for you like were you good at sort of riding those ups and downs or were you so young you were naive to it or did it affect you much in those first few years? Mm, I feel like it's a mixture of both. Like I do feel like I was protected in a lot of ways because of my team. I already had so many champions in my corner and people that were looking out for me and giving me advice and kind of steering me along the way. And I'm just so, I think you need that in a town like this. You've got to surround yourself with people and find, find those early champions and people who have your back no matter what and are going to help you navigate everything. Cause it is a lot. And like I said, we knew nothing about this industry. So we were kind of walking in blind in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are highs and lows, obviously through everything, like you find your disappointments, you have your mountaintops, like that's just what this industry is. I've always, I don't know what it is. I've always been the kind of person that's pretty steady. Um, thank God I never get too high or too low. So I think God knew that. And he was just like, okay, I'm going to give you a pretty even temper so you can take all of it. But it truly is. It does come back to just knowing that you're meant to do something like no disappointment is going to make me want to change my mind because I know like, I know I was meant to do this. Like at the end of the day, if I get to write music, if I get to put music out and do what makes me happy, that's all I care about. Like all of the rest doesn't matter if I can make a connection with someone and inspire other people, that's everything. So I think coming back to that and then coming back to who's in your life and who you've surrounded yourself with and believing in you and also having a team that's in it with you is everything, so. And I read that you were homeschooled at at some point, was that all the way through your schooling that you were homeschooled? I was homeschooled from day one and it started out not because of music, but it really quickly turned into that because what would happen is I'd finish school around 12 o'clock and then I'd want to write music. I'd want to play guitar. I'd want to like get out and work on performing. And uh, because of homeschooling, I had the ability to do that. And I just became, and we were able to take trips too. We weren't tied down to my school schedule. So we were able to go to Nashville if we needed to. And um, it just turned out to be such a blessing and just meant to be. And so getting into country music, especially, it's such a tight knit community. So how did that support you in not necessarily having the friend groups that you would connect with in school, but then being able to have that within country music? Yeah, it, it's everything. I mean, there's so many good people in this industry and you find them pretty quickly. All you have to do is get out in Nashville a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been to Nashville. It's, no, not yet. So you've got to come. It's welcoming. <laughs> Everyone's so genuine and down to earth. And I've definitely found my friends too and other artists too, which is really helpful because we all go through the same things. We all know the struggles we face, the things we ask ourselves, the things we battle with all the time. And it's cool to have other people. It's very much just like a, a crew of of people that you're supporting, they're supporting you, you have each other's backs and you're kind of coming up together and it's really, really exciting. And um, church was always that for me too, just like friends that I found in life groups and Bible study and people that I've carried with me still to this day, it's really special. So I was fortunate to have always a really, really good foundation outside of school. 
And how has faith helped this journey and helped support you in staying positive through it? Mm, it's everything. My, my faith and that foundation is everything to me. And I think it just brings so much meaning to it. And just to know that looking back, there's so much about my story that doesn't make sense. So many opportunities that shouldn't have happened. And I'm like, that is totally God's hand. It's totally his foresight and knowledge and, and just a guiding path, you know? Um, and I, you can't explain those things, but I think everybody on this planet is meant to do something and you just have to have the faith to go after it and believe in yourself and believe in those dreams and know that it's all going to work out. It's all part of your journey. It's all going to happen the way it's supposed to. But uh, you look back, me looking back seven years later on that little girl that moved to Nashville and um, just about to release an EP that I'm so, so proud of. And I mean, she probably would not believe her eyes if she saw where I was now. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> And so in 2013, I believe it was around there when you moved, when you were 14, and then 2019, you released your debut EP. Now, within that time, a lot of the time when people move to Nashville, they rush and they just want to get music out, right? So how important were those years in developing your sound and not rushing towards something? That was vital, as I'm sure you can imagine. That was always my perspective, too. I didn't want to be the person that just released music and then a year later regretted it because you realize, oh, that wasn't really me. I wish I had taken my time. And I just spent those first few years um, with those songwriting mentors and with those that group of champions in my life and just continued to write and I think you you go through a lot of phases. I was 14 years old. I was growing up. I was figuring things out. I was <laughs> figuring out what I wanted my sound to be, what I wanted to say. And I think in a town like this too, it's so important to know in your mind, this is me. This is not me. This is what I want to say. I wouldn't say this. And just being so um, authentically yourself and finding what separates you from everybody else is so, so crucial. So those, those couple of years where I was just writing and working on my craft were huge. And I think it's why, um, why I can release EPs like this and be so proud of it because I did put that time in. And I think fans sense that too. Fans know when you're not being yourself, when you're just trying to get something out there and I always have a really high bar for myself. I want everything that I put out to feel like me. And I think people can sense it in a second when it's not. So um, I feel like those couple of years were everything. And if I could give anybody a piece of advice, it's just like, make sure you know who you are and you're so, so certain in that. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise because everybody in their world has an opinion about what you should do. <laughs> the only voice you need to listen to is your own, so. And 2019 was a big year for you. You released the EP, you had some pretty cool tours. So when you got to the end of 2019, how were you feeling at that point in that year and just the place you were at finally after being there for those years? So excited. I remember, I remember too, before I released that EP, I had a lot of anxiety around it. As you can imagine, it was a lot of building up to that moment. I was like, what if I put out music? Nobody cares. Like, <laughs> what if all of this is for nothing? And I think we all deal with those insecurities and self-doubt. And um, at the end of the day, like 
the EP came out, it was exactly what I needed it to be. And just seeing how fans reacted, how many people connected with it, that was everything. Like, I don't think you can ever gauge that. You get so close up to a project, you get so close to songs that uh, you forget that there's a whole world out there. You forget why you do it sometimes until you put those songs out and people start DMing you or they start coming up to you after shows and saying, I needed this song. Like I'm, I, this is my jam. This has been on repeat for the past month. I love your music and you're inspiring me. And that's everything. So I think just seeing the reaction was what I needed and reminded me exactly why I do what I do. I try to remind myself every day that it's just the fans. I love that personal connection I get to have with fans every once in a while. And that anxiety that is there releasing music and then also some of the anxiety of being on stage, do you ever overcome that? Or is that just something that you have to manage every time you're going to release music or every time you're going to hit the stage? (laughs) I think it definitely has gotten easier on all levels. Um, I think it does it does tone down over the years. And the more you release music, I've released a lot. I, I, after that first EP, my goal was to just put out as much music as possible. Just keep giving the fans songs because I'm writing all the time. I'm like, why not? Why not put it out? Nobody's stopping me. Let's go. So um, I think just have the quantity of how much I release has probably changed that a little bit. Um, but I'm always nervous. You never know how something's going to be received. So there's always a little bit of that, but I would say more excitement than anything. And especially this EP too, like we've put so much into this and been thinking about this and dreaming about it and I couldn't be prouder of it. So I can't wait. And how cool is it to have social media where you can release little snippets of a demo and sort of get that instant feedback of what fans think of the song so that you know, oh yeah, this is something I should move forward with or, oh, maybe this is an idea that should just stay on the sidelines. It's everything. And I think more than ever, I think we've realized that over the past year with COVID and not being able to necessarily get out on the road, but you're able to see firsthand, like what songs are connecting and what's not. And someone asked me recently, like how I decide what, how I decided what songs should be on this project, because I am writing so much. And I think that's kind of what it comes back to, right? It's like, I tease stuff on my stories, on my TikTok, on all the things so many times. And just to see people be like, yes, I needed this song. Like I relate, you're talking about my life. Like you, you can tell when something is connecting and when it's not. And it's really, really cool to be able to see that firsthand for sure. And on the new project, I believe you have, what is it? 14 co-writers throughout this album. You only have two writers who appear on more than one song. And right. So how important is that to have the different voices and to have the different influences coming in to create a unique album? It's everything. I think the collaboration process is something that inspires me every single day. And it's one of my favorite things. And not even just on the writer side, but on the production side too, like getting to work with so many different people and what they each bring uniquely to the project and getting to be a part of that as well, like be um, a co-collaborator on the production side and not just the writer side. It's just such a cool thing. And um, I will always be so inspired by what Nashville does. And that's like just putting people in rooms and 
voila, there's a song that's created end of the day. It's just, it's the wildest thing. And it's so beautiful. And uh, I love, I love every single one of these creatives that helped me bring these songs to life. There's such personal stories and it's really cool to share moments like that with people that I care about so much. And let's talk about a few of the songs. The first one I wanted to talk about was God Must Be Mad at Me. I know that's a special one for you because you're able to use your faith in a positive way. And I know you talked about how that writing session was a a pretty magical one. So just talk about that session, how that song came together. Yeah, absolutely. That one was magical. I think there's, there's moments where you feel like you had to work for a song and you went in with an idea and it came out the way you wanted. And there's other moments where it feels like songs just kind of get dropped on you and you get gifted these songs and you just bring them into existence. And uh, that was one of those for me. Like a lot of times I write with a producer in the room or a track guy, but this write was special because we just kind of stripped it back to the basics. It was just me, Lauren LaRue, John Byron with our guitars, chilling in a writer's room on music row. (laughs) And, uh, it was just such a, it was such a magical experience. I think once we landed on the title, it was like, oh my God, like, it's just so raw. Who hasn't been there where you just feel like, you know, how something's supposed to go, you see it in your mind and then it just doesn't work out that way. And sometimes there's no explanation other than God must be mad at me. I don't know. (laughs) The universe is against me. And it feels like that in the moment, but I think you look back and you see how everything kind of works out and what's meant for you will never leave you. Like, I think what's meant for you stays. And, but in this moment, it's a very real thing for me. I I went through a breakup this past year and it's hard, like going through all those emotions. And I wanted to take a second and just be so raw and so honest about it. And honestly, some of my favorite songs um, are the most simply said, like when you're not trying to I'll use all this flowery language or some like crazy hook or twist, but it's just literally saying exactly how you feel in the moment. And this is that song on the project. And uh, this is one too, that reacted on TikTok and social media. And I always get response from people about it. I think just because it really is me being like, yeah, this is where I'm at. Like, and so honest about it. And um, it's, it's a really special song to me. It's a very important piece of this group songs. And there's a lot of emotion throughout the album, but one of the funner, lighthearted songs is Zero Trucks. And that was a co-write with Walker Hayes. And he sort of brought that idea into the room. And so talk about what it's like writing with him and also how that song developed from the moment when he brought the idea in. Yeah. Walker is one of my favorite humans because he is just so authentically himself he's so genuine what you see is what you get he's such a good dude and <laughs> this was our first ride together and we actually wrote it over zoom during COVID. okay my favorite things that came out of COVID. <laughs> um and he brought in this idea and if you know walker you know how funny he is he's so witty i don't know anybody else's brain that works like his but he brought in this idea and i've never really gravitated honestly toward the super tongue-in-cheek like lyric but for some reason it just made sense and I loved it and I connected with it in so many ways. And I feel like we laughed more than we wrote in that, right? It was so funny. It was one of the best days, but um, it brings a really important element to this project. And it's another reason that I put it last on the project too, because it ends on a lighthearted note. I think we've got a lot of heaviness and you're talking about heartbreak and it's deep, But this song, I think sometimes heartbreak doesn't have to be sad and gut-wrenching. Sometimes heartbreak is 
you realizing how much better you are without this person in your life and getting back to the things that make you you and make you the happiest and the people that love you. And I just kind of wanted to leave the listener with a smile on their face. And uh, I think this song does that. (laughs) And the EP is called History of Breaking Up. Now, it follows that theme throughout. And so did you have that idea in mind going in that you wanted the songs to sort of have this theme or did that kind of just develop as you started writing and realizing that's where most of the songs were headed? It did kind of develop gradually, which I think is really cool. But if you know me, you know, I'm so inspired by love. I love love. I write all the time about it. Um, Relationships are so nuanced and there's so many sides to it. Every time I think you fall in love or get your heart broken, you learn something about yourself. And it's a really, really cool thing to me. Um, So the title kind of came to us like partway through the writing process of it. I was like, you know what? let's just make this all encompassing relationship EP. Let's just go all the way. And uh, <laughs> this is me. Like I'm, I'm still just 20. I'm still figuring out love and relationships. And I think as you grow up your perspective on how you process all of that changes. And uh, I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that's gone through these emotions or felt this. So I feel like if someone can connect to a piece of these songs and find a piece of their truth in it, that's everything. So each of these songs kind of represents a moment for me in the relationship and um, in the process of going through all of that. So it's really special. And this, of course, is part one. Now, part two, is that something that has already been developed or is that in the works? Are you continually writing for that? Oh my gosh, look at you trying to pull it off. I can't confirm anything, but I can tell you that I'm not done writing about love and relationships and there's going to be a lot more to come. This is just a small piece of a much bigger picture. So definitely it's coming soon. Stay tuned. And let's talk about Watershed, your first show back after the long break. Talk about the feeling of that and walking on stage and especially being at that festival and just such a beautiful place and being able to play your new songs that you've released through 2020 finally to a crowd. I'm sure you can imagine. It was absolutely insane. I had never been to Washington before also, and it's so beautiful. It is truly, truly stunning. I remember getting to the venue and like pulling around the corner and just seeing this expansive gorge. I heard so much about it and it still didn't do it justice. I was absolutely taken by it. And, uh, just getting to get back with my guys back on stage and seeing like an actual crowd <laughs> I can go like touch and meet after and hug. And it was, it's just everything. And I think that's one of that's why I do what I do. Right. I love, I love the personal connection you can make with people and just looking at people when you're singing and uh, just getting to feel that energy from stage. That's why we all do what we do. And it was so hard. I feel like to put all that on hold for a minute as good as it was for me in so many ways to get to really focus on the writing and the process of this project coming together. I missed it so much. So it felt amazing. Amazing to be back. So good. Awesome. And I wanted to ask you about the Ryan Seacrest Foundation. You're a celebrity ambassador on with that uh, foundation. Now, what does it mean to you to be able to give back like that and be in a position to give back like that? Gosh, 
one of the coolest things I've gotten to do like this past year, we, we did a lot of visits through COVID and I'm looking forward to visiting hospitals in person. Um, but I mean, I, every time I get to do it, it honestly, I'm just at a loss for words after I feel like it does a lot more for me than it probably does for them because I just look at these kids and I get to spend time with them and, uh, just hopefully bring a little bit of light to their day, but you see how much strength they have. Like, it's just incredible the things that they face every single day and are still so positive and have such a positive outlook on everything. It's so beautiful. And I talk a lot about like connection and connecting with people. And that truly is the reason why I do it. So um, just getting to put a smile on their face is everything to me. Um, and so I truly, I just feel so honored. It's such an incredible organization and music really has so much power. I'm a strong believer in that. Like it can really change your mood. It's such a, it's such a deep thing. I think we all have this unexplainable connection to music. Songs just do things to us as humans. And um, it's really cool to see that at work and get to be a small part of it. So I just feel so, so honored and, and looking forward to partnering with them a lot more and hopefully getting to meet a lot more kids and just continuing to share what a little bit of what I do with them. It's really special. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on everything that you've been able to accomplish on the EP, History of Breaking Up Part One. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed this. Oh, thank you very much. And I hope we were able to cover sort of when people ask you about your musical history and your musical journey. I hope we were able to cover everything. We did a deep dive. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much and congratulations. And we'll look to forward to talking to you again. Brendan, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Alana for stopping by and sharing her story. Be sure to check out her new EP, History of Breaking Up Part 1, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you are listening. Leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music.